This is Kristen. And this is Isha. Welcome to I'm Not a Peach Crayon. Hi. It's been a minute because we needed a break and the month of August provided us an extra cushion week. So we made yeah. things. I like extra cushion weeks. Yeah. Gave thanks for that and uh, took full advantage of it. And yet I feel like I still don't. I still needed like another three weeks. Well, you had a lot going on, so. I always have a lot going on because I have a weird personality where I can't. You like to be busy. I don't, and I do. It's hard. So that it be, actually she means she does. <laughs> Instead of saying I don't, it, but I, I do. Don't, well, <laughs> no, I don't like to be busy. I just can't not be busy because it's a weird psychological just f upness of my life now that I can't sit still and I can't appreciate relaxing so when I'm relaxing I feel like I'm losing my mind because I'm like I'm wasting all this time where I could be doing so many things and then it's an endless cycle of me you know but for this month in August we are going to be talking about the concept of superheroes and the idea of what is heroic and you know representation and also the misrepresentation uh, that uh, the underrepresentation and the misrepresentation that occur has occurred even up to now and the progress that we've seen. So we're going to be chatting about that. You know how it goes with us. There'll be tangents and discussions and l hopefully laughter, possibly forgetting stuff. And fun things to learn because I let me tell you, I learned a lot just by going through this topic with all of the different resources that we found between the two of us and that wasn't very many, but I'm pretty sure there oh, was at I least one article that, that I... <laughs> had that cited sources because the history nerd in me just loves when people cite their sources or provide citate uh, their sources so that I can go and look these things up for myself and do some additional study. So I I feel like I would like to start kind of in the concept of where how what was it like growing up your experience with superheroes of the global majority and that will be what I'll be trying to use more often global majority instead of people of color so if you're wondering why I'm saying global or what global majority is or what I mean by that that is what I'm saying anyway I posit a Christian a, a Christian uh which is a combination of Christian and question I posit a Christian uh to you Kristen what was your experience like with superheroes growing up or like kind of like how did you take that and interpret it and and how did it influence you well so this the tv shows that I can remember when I was little watching and being excited about were G.I. Joe and Transformers. Like, I think those would be the first two that I can clearly remember being excited to watch on Saturday mornings. And even though I liked it and like the messages and stuff like that, because uh, G.I. Joe would have these positive messages for kids. Yo, Joe! That's right. Yeah. Um, I would like that, but I also found myself liking the character of Snake Eyes, mm -hmm. who is... Uh, a ninja because I guess that would be like one of the few that I could really relate to as well as Lady J because Lady J was a woman mm -hmm. although she was a white woman she was but, still a female character in a whole right, group of males and, right and she was still holding her own and getting things done so 
I think those were some of the the ones that I remember liking and and being invested in to watch as a kid and then shift to the next thing would be like Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Um yes. And then of course still a fe- group of female superheroes that are fighting to save the world right. even though looking back on some things I'm like that's kind of yeah. ridiculous. Oh, I forgot. Also there was She-Ra. Love yes, there She-Ra. was She-Ra. Yes. She-Ra was like one of my things. I had the swan. I had the like yeah. the little doll. You hated me playing with your swan. I and sure doll, did. I was I like, do to. not play with She-Ra. Don't mess with my I She-Ra. Did. I think I, I think once you grew out of her, uh I, I started playing happened. with her. Yeah. And then I cut her hair and you were so mad. But you I didn't was. play with her at the same time. So mom was like, Why are you upset? You I was upset because <laughs> She-Ra's hair had been cut and she was she was hair shouldn't have been cut. She's in my not opinion. like she was. Uh, she was a new age woman, and she was trying to survive. And she was the anti hero Shira. So I thus, did not appreciate my sister decided to turn my doll new. Well, age. at that time, uh, our parents. I got a lot of hand me downs, so I never had toys of my own. I got toys that belonged to my sister first, or at the time, the my brother. And they were still so, in good condition. Mm, most not of my all toys of them were, were, good, were no. in good condition, but even still. They were hand-me-downs, so it was no longer technically your Shira by the time I got to actually play with it. That's because they took it from me and gave it to you. you. Were, no, you had gotten to a point where you weren't playing with your dolls. But I were. still would have it up, though. Mm-hmm. Even still. I wouldn't play with it, I'm but I still I'm not going to argue with this. It's just, it's, that's the facts. Well, back to what I was talking about. <laughs> so Shira was another one because it was a female superhero, and she was fighting for the fate of the galaxy. And then when she was Aurora, if I remember correctly, she would be revert to being a young girl or a young woman mm-hmm. uh, instead of being like the all-powerful She-Ra. You can look up She-Ra online, y'all. Yes. <laughs> uh, the old She-Ra, I tried to go back and watch them now as an adult. And then I was like, why the heck did I even like this as a kid? But we were, that was what we that had. That was what we had, you know? right. Because it's funny, I was watching or I saw a GIF and it was like that that feeling when you watch things from your childhood and the feeling you get when it's not relevant or it's like uh, very problematic now. And so you're like, oh, my memories are shattered, which is why I don't like to watch a lot of stuff that I loved as a kid because I'm like, I'm sure it's problematic in some way or form. But I, I need a little bit of my childhood left because intact because most of it's been destroyed by, you know, real world life adulthood. Right. So I try not to. They've gone back and we have redone a lot of the things that we watched as kids because I also watched He-Man. Not that great. But man, I do either. remember specifically when on Fox 32, mm-hmm. they had X-Men. Mm-hmm. They started the animated cartoon. And I was so excited. Because there was Storm. Yes. And here it is. Powerful African woman. She was over here. She had the power of like weather weather elements. She she was basically a a goddess walking amongst humans Mm -hmm. or a demigod. Yes. Walking amongst humans. And then after that, you there was there was Blade that she, I caught on um, the Adventures of Spider Man mm-hmm. that would come on as well. And so I was like Blade. I didn't even realize Blade was a black character until mm-hmm. much later. Cause, but I did like the character that I saw of Blade. But I was so excited about Storm because here is someone that I could 
look up to mm-hmm. and emulate and she was a good role model she you know she was very classy she, she had a great sense of fashion too i was she like did. when i grow up i i both a wanted to be her like the superpowers and everything but yes. also wanted to dress like her i was like i want that confidence and i want to be storm when i grow up i wanted to be aurora monroe yeah and for, for sure theory. like i still do because you know you <laughs> see her yet. in the mo- some of the movies that have come out and her her outfits and her hair she's styles. been one of the also most versatile because as her storyline has evolved and i you know there's a certain point in time where i got really into anime over watching a lot of the older uh or the comp animation that was in the united states more right. often so i kind of yeah. fell out of contact or a touch because also you know we'll get into this topic but the underrepresentation. so you know outside of seeing storm I kind of like lost track, but she's got Asgardian Storm. There's a point where she joins like this elite team. It's like basically this co-op t- or a uh, covert co-ops team. Like there's all these iterations of her. And I love seeing even now artists, different interpretations going to your point, like cause there are renderings of her and all different kinds of like personalities and outfits and costumes based on like all these adventures, which goes into storytelling and world building but anyway right and then you find out later that she was married to black panther you're mm. like wow power there was a freaking whole couple. thing yeah that's a power forget be- i'm gonna say this now and i i, I don't apologize to the be- beehive or whatever aurora aurora and t'challa yes are the power couple yes forget jay-z and beyonce Oh, that's a loaded statement there, but Cause I, I get where you're coming from with that. I mean, if I had to ch- life and death situation, gun to my head, if I had to choose a couple, Aurora and T'Challa, that would be hands. I wouldn't even question it. Yeah, wouldn't even question. No, it. I, I can't, I can't question your motivation on that one. Fight me, but on yeah. It. <laughs> but but that one, I think, was the really turning point. And I also forgot about Wonder Woman, where I would watch those old reruns. Yeah, with, with uh, uh, Linda, Linda Carter. Carter. Yes. yes. We, Mommy started to watch those, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be her, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, she was here. She was another powerful woman <laughs> fighting, pe- fighting the bad guys, mm. you know, still getting things done. She had a male sidekick, because that's, that's who Steve Trevor was, was oh, her. I was wondering what he did. <laughs> <laughs> he... He was a pilot, and then later on, she ended up working with his descendant, his like grandson or something like that. And more I was the younger, co- t- so I only just remember age. fighting. Yeah, but I remember watching it, and um, also the Bionic Woman. Yeah, yeah, that was another that was one that was on. Uh, but those women were woman. all white. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's white women. But that's what we had to yeah. to look up to. I didn't even know about some of the other ones. And so what what's funny going to like that point is that I, I was reading uh, one particular uh, I think it was Code Switch, the NPR one that you put up. Right. And there was the point of like how most companies and even still now how they look at the creation of films. I mean, TV nowadays, you see more diversity than the films. And I want to talk about that later. But the concept of like even in cartoons in the 80s and 90s and before, like they thought little girls would not buy these toys or like the little girls would not be that that uh, audience that they could cater to. Like little girls buy princess dolls. They don't buy, you know, Transformers and all this other stuff. And I was like going to their point of view, we watching Transformers and, yeah. and G.I. I Joe. wanted tra- Transformers. We played with those toys. We, we had those toys because we also liked that stuff. Like we had a Barbie and we had G.I. Joe. We didn't actually, I never had a G.I. Joe doll. I do remember. Not our- the doll 
the little plastic toys. Oh, yeah. We had G.I. Joe, Joe stuff. Right. But um, I wish I had had, like, one of the action figures. Right. It's basically a doll for to boys. The, to the <laughs> point, though, I was trying to make is that, so I was watching um, the toys that made us, and while it was very nostalgic, one of the things that kind of annoyed me sometimes, and I was listening to it, especially when they were doing, like, all the toys for, like, Transformers and WrestleMania and, like, all this other stuff, I was like, that's stuff that I liked, but they were, like, they, in the dialogue and the way people were talking about how they advertise, they were like, little boys, because little girls won't like this. They little girls won't want to do this. They just want My Little Pony and Hello Kitty. And granted, I like that stuff, too, but, you know, this idea from networks or people with power and having the money who are mostly, for the majority of history, been rich white men are making these decisions to what is available to us and what is not available to us. And so that's why we have such low, that's one of the reasons why we don't have like really any female center. Like there's Captain Marvel now and Wonder Woman, but you know how long it took to get those, you know, and in the scheme of, and with storm, where the F is storms TV show or movie like her centered. We got Wolverine. Sorry, I'm on a tangent, but no, but there was like, uh, that was something that in one of the, um, YouTube, clips that i found uh youtube video um that was part of that was something that the two people discussed was the fact that be uh, a superhero being able to carry their own movie mm. um by themselves sometimes they can't other times they can or some do better as a series while others do better at on the big screen as a movie right but that not all can can do both which is but there's been movies of of uh, uh, particular characters that should have that apply to that but went the opposite direction of what they should or shouldn't have done you know what i mean right and they exist but they exist mostly on a scale of white cis men as the lead characters like why just because i mean i can think of a ton of different um p- uh, female superheroes of uh the global majority who could have a whole like a movie franchise a trilogy avengers is a storyline like so just because it's not a tv show it it's the same kind of concept you know they took something that could have been a movie but you can make a trilogy so i don't see how that kind of applies i feel like it goes to like you said who's in the room making these decisions Mm. but also the script like it there needs to be a good script and that was also part of the youtube discussion that i i watched they they talked about that is that uh, some of these movies and i'm gonna call out dc because they're notorious for it like they have for the most part good characters but their movies their live action movies Mm. usually are bad aside from most mostly batman and superman but more of late they've had a lot of bad movies because the scripts are bad and the two men that were discussing it um they were basically saying how you have it where whoever the people in this in this room producers and stuff like that mm-hmm. they're looking at the money aspect how much they can get and instead of focusing on making sure the script is good mm-hmm. they focus on the visuals like the explosions the costumes and all this stuff so all that stuff looks great but they is a poor story or it's a lackluster story and so people are not engaged and interested in it because the story is crap What's even though it that, looks great yeah that dc continues to do the same thing though people have told them time and time again that that is what's going on right but also to that point on the other end i could tell there's a bunch of 
terrible ones that make it that are not like centered uh queer marginalized people not queer or marginalized but you know marginalized groups you know what i mean like i'm trying to think of an example of a terrible shitty like movie that came out that's like white man centered uh this is why i don't watch most movies now because like i don't i'm trying to think (laughs) right i know they exist because there's so many of them yeah there are a lot of them i'm trying to think of one that's why this idea too that yes if the script is written poorly things don't go along but it's like how does that apply when you have things that are they keep making those you know is that is that going to the excuse that they keep doing that with people of global majority script like storylines or are they doing that across the board with everyone or well, are they purposely like are they t- my question i guess is are they tanking p- like those movies using that 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 formula of like we just want to have booms and so, and that's how we're going to attract people to this people of, of global majority storyline or this centered character well when it comes to comics I think the thought process for some of these uh, people in like studios and stuff like that, executives, Mm -hmm. is that it's not going to sell or not going to do well unless it is a white male centered character because that has sold. That's the formula. You, You know what I'm saying? It's like. We can't we can't stray from the formula. Well, this is this is the formula that we use to make money. Right. I mean, it's the formula because that's the only way you ever did it. But that doesn't mean that that's the only way to do it. Right. But that but I think that's still like that's still the driving thing is well, the fact that if we don't. And one of the articles, I can't remember which one it was. They kind of went into that is the fact that they're thinking the thinking is, is that if white cis white men don't like it it's not going to do very well because those are the, the that's the audience. But those they're are the, the only same ones like will it. take other people's stories and whitewash the shit out of it. That's And that's exactly what they're saying is the fact that that's, that's still the thing is that only it'll only sell if it's white centered main characters, but it's not selling so much anymore. So why have it, we not? Right. Not anymore. But remember when they did Black Panther, you know, the movie, and there was this whole huge thing because yeah. they were like, it's probably not going to do very well. And it was just like, if Black Panther doesn't do well with a predominantly black cast. Yeah. And you had the two token white guys that they <laughs> that they, they had, had in, there. in there. Technically, that- Claw is is a, a character that could have been in there. They could have done without Ross. But since right. I like Martin Freeman. Ew, I'm gonna let it slide on that one, but still, that, that was a, me- that was a thought process. Is that if Black Panther couldn't do well with a predominantly black cast, then it was like it cast shade on for any everything. Other. Yeah. But then so now it was so it's it's just funny that it took that movie to be like okay now we can greenlight. But even still, you have the fact that they're not really putting that much force still behind it. They're still like giving the pressure though. Just thinking of the pressures that you have to be so good. You have to be beyond good. You can't just be a run of the mill lackluster Marvel story. Like, you know, fantastic Four that they've done and redone and, or, you know, a couple of the uh, incredible Hulk movies that they did already that didn't do very well, but it's just like, they didn't pick people to like who could write. But the, but uh, that's also the thing is the fact that they're like, if like Black Panther doesn't do well mm. globally or in the box office at all, then basically it was like, 
well, we can't really do anything else with any other minority characters or POC characters because it's know, not going to sell. I wonder if that would have been the case. Honestly, well, it may have been. It they may, had Blade that came out right? before, but Blade, Blade didn't do too well. But, but I still like the first one. But the thing is, it's yeah. become just like Spawn. It's become a cult classic. And to your point, uh, I think it was Juno Diaz that they were quoting, where they said, uh, uh, "Like white, many white geeks or many geeks will read a book that's one third Elvish, but yes. put two sentences in Spanish, and white people think we're taking over." Yes, I love that quote. Yeah, and I, I love was, that author. He's a really good author. But and, and, but that's that concept of like it's and i think that's in the space where it's like we can't we can't do these things or it's right we've had this conversation multiple times of the the fact that we have to be we have to see ourselves in white figures but white figures the moment they have to be empathetic to a character or idea or a trope not even a trope but like the hero's journey right told from a perspective of you know someone of a of color then it's like their whole world is shattered because they can't see anything beyond it it's like so i was reading something where they were talking about how so for batman Ra's Ghul, Ra's Ghul was supposed to be a middle eastern man i think. I had no idea Neither did i After but seeing, i knew something was wrong when i saw that liam neeson like i love yeah. liam neeson to a point i know he says some stuff but before that i love lots of people say some stupid things but right yes. but what i but the thing was like when i was like first of all that name does not sound like, like it's a traditional white man's name. Right? It's, or it sounds like one of those names that white people take on and you're like, mm, and your eyebrows rise and you sigh <laughs> right. at them and you're like, did you did you think about that before you took that name? But even when you're watching the, the movie and you see them training and they're in like Bhutan and you're like, wait, wait, why? And I, I remember, I think I remember asking kind of that question of like, so why is this white man training this other white man in an Asian country like that? Why is it always like that? Um, so that just that concept of like continuously was it Scarlett Johansson? I for a Ghost in the Shell for a lot of things. Ooh, that was for a, a lot one. of things. That was she's, a bad call been, on that one. She's, yeah, <laughs> but these so to my and to, Tilda Swinton for um and oh, uh doctor doctor strange Dr. strange yeah where she where that character is traditionally was traditionally asian and then they just changed it to make it a celtic woman right. so like for me growing up so there's two parts that kind of i i i am jumping off or hopping off of what you've been talking about so two points to this um one being growing up like i had very similar characters but i was since i was five years younger there were also certain characters that i got to see like um oh shit kids next door and number five was the only black girl and i like was like ooh, there's these spy kids and i want to be like number five there was some other few cartoons and things like that that had black characters more and more but we were still either side characters or occasional leaders, but really there was still that stereotype of You're like still like the token character, right? And so this concept that I that kept popping up when we were uh, researching for this, or when I was doing reading some of the stuff that you posted, and then I found some other things, was this concept of like who can be a hero, who can be heroic, and you have seeing what we've just been talking about, and even just the history is like, so what can be hero? What can be a hero mean? And within at least the United States and most Western cultures, culture, excuse me, there's this concept of the hero is uh, this white, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cis. 
no, no, no. It was I was gonna say traditionally or uh, whatever good looking male or ca- the Caucasian like. There's a thing for it. We talked about it in our pretty privilege, but the this like white cis man who's built, who's very strong and athletic and built up, and like that is our representation of what a hero is. And there was this idea of like uh, superheroes were the moralistic, or that the moralistic nature of superhero movies prescribes definitions for what doing and being good should be, and by extension what those who do good should look like. And that's from the Harvard uh, politics when they were talking about the diversity problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But that stuck out to me is that idea of like for years we've been taught that, yeah, you can have some sidekicks who are good, you know, and they help, but they really need that guiding white star and that the come swoop in and tell you what to or to be a representation of what is it means to be a hero like you're not quite a hero but you could be alongside this representation of what the perfect hero is and this has always been our, our representation so that on the flip side makes you think about okay then who can't be heroic by this definition and by what we've been seeing for years who is not heroic all the rest of us Asian stereotype. Go ahead. I don't. I see you're about to. Talk. No, um, because that brought to mind something that I read in the Code Switch article about who gets to be a superhero for NPR, because they were talking about in the vein of X Men. So taking X Men because they're like, if you t- take a look at the history, of what they were talking about when it when it when they started it, mm-hmm. it's basically an ongoing debate between the philosophy of Martin Luther King Jr. and the philosophy of Malcolm X. On the broadest, On the broadest most general, yeah. like, blanket statement scale. Right. But then there was, like, in one of the more recent movies, and I can't remember which movie it is because I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, I kind of... <laughs> but they, they <laughs> mentioned that... Magneto, because mm-hmm. Magneto's backstory um, that he and his family, he lost his family during the Holocaust. And so that was a, a huge um, that was a huge thing that impacted his life and the way he saw, you know, the struggle for mutants. Mm-hmm. And there are allusions to it, even in like the first um, X-Men movie that they did with uh uh, Halle Berry and, and the rest of them, Hugh Jackman Hugh, and the rest yeah. of them when it first came out because Professor he was talking about you know there if if you give in they're gonna have like a mark you know burned into your forehead right you and all of these things and I was like yeah goes to the Holocaust but I was like but slaves were also marked mm-hmm. in this country as well in this country because they were in the United States a lot Native as well. American kids were marked, right there know, were so many there's that can go um and be impacts so many different peoples Mm -hmm. that have had similar situations for similar reasons not always the same but there might be some similarities right um but they were talking about how in a more recent movie with uh magneto being played by michael fassbender Mm -hmm. he's making a pitch to a group of young mutants um talking about which they say um is fairly on the nose allusion to real life racial discrimination almost all mutants of color and the mutants who are not otherwise obviously human decide to roll with him the white kids who looked quote unquote normal teamed with xavier um and it was hard to miss the subtext the people who can't simply pass Mm -hmm. were going to find it harder to be accepted and so assimilation was much harder to sell um and that was why a lot of the kids who were 
not who look normal, who, basic, who, quote who unquote, what's POC normal. or who may not have had um, like beast. traditional normal care human characteristics right. because of changes with their mutant abilities. They sided with Magneto because the world is still treating people that way. You know, you still have this ongoing debate. Like mm-hmm. even now, we have politicians in the United States talking about well we don't want you to teach actual history they want to crouch in terms of critical race theory but what they're talking about is we don't don't teach children history yeah don't teach them the history of the country and the horrible things that the country has done alongside the because good we're perfect and, it's the, and we're the standards that everyone right. must live because by. Because teachers go around telling white children how horrible they are. And I went through school. You went to school here. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that no teacher has ever talked to white children and has ever told them how horrible and that all the society's ills are because of white children or white people that has not ever been taught in any of the classes that I have ever taken. Nope. I found that stuff out later as I got older, I'd have like one teacher who would be like willing to go into a discussion. But then of course, you know, that's still a gray area. But they didn't blame all the, all of the society's problems. Mr. Keegan did. (laughs) He was one of those people who did. That's why he left left the school. Uh, (laughs) He was quietly He was a great teacher. Uh, but that also makes me think of the, I think I told you about this, that conversation I had with this person I was friends with in college and he was a queer white male. Um, and we, he and at the time, another friend of mine, she and I were both two black women Mm -hmm. and he and I, and he was queer. And we were in this discussion of like, it's easy for you. It's like, we all have, you know, problems and, and things that marginalize us and issues that we have to deal with. But for you, you can pass if yes. you wanted to you could change your mannerisms and hide certain things about yourself and people would accept you and you have the added benefit of being a white male in this event like if you were a latino male you know it'd be a little bit better because you're a male but still you've got other things but like you're a white male for us i was like we can't go around changing our hair dyeing our skin white and strapping our titties down and be passing like we can't do a 12th night like, no it just won't work for yeah. us and we're not white yeah. women either so it's like there's we'll always have that roadblock that we have to deal with and so if we can't pass we have to resist the system or do things to make changes so that we can be on the same level that's why i kind of you know for me i always liked both magneto and professor x because right. i for for me i saw that we needed both parallels the same with malcolm x and martin luther king when i got older i started to understand more of like who they were and what they stood for and even the fact that mlk was like we need to be militant at times uh that concept of both needing to be happened because we can't pass we can't just like assimilate right um which no, I- there are though the, there are those that that try but still you can never change what you look like because you what you look like is still the first thing people see, see about you no matter what they say like i can't see color i don't see color i was like that either then you're most likely blind unconscious and conscious bias (laughs) i was like because color exists in the world it makes the world beautiful this is why we enjoy color i was like i'm so sorry that you're missing out on color i can see it (laughs) exactly you see that green over there it's a breathtaking green but also how different things change depending upon what your character what your superhero has to face 
Um, we were talking about because we tried to watch Sazam because I was excited to see it, and then we started watching it, and like less than like five minutes in, I was like, okay, I'm bored with this. Yeah. But you were like, you were still. No, I was not paying. Attention. You weren't paying attention, but just- <laughs> you, you, later on, much l- later on, you were like, okay, I've done. But we were looking at the things that these kids were doing, mm-hmm. and we were like, if that was a black child that had done that. Yeah. They would have been arrested. They right. would have been taken to juvie. They would, I'm like, they would have been expelled from school. Like, all of these things. And I was like, these kids just get away with it. Right. And it was like, well, where the, are the teachers? Yeah, because the teachers would have, <laughs> as soon as that was minorities, the teachers would have rolled. Because that's the other thing. I was like, how do they have metal detectors going into the school, but ain't got no damn security for when these kids roll up onto the sidewalk and hit a, a kid who is disabled? Like, but then, oh, there is a thing, though, I saw. In our list for this research, there oh. is a black female superhero in this movie. We just never made it to that. Oh. Yes, who do you think it is? It, what character do you think it is? Well, honestly, the person I thought who should have inherited the powers was little sister. I thought she should have been the. I think <laughs> she's the one who, zero. like, from what I can tell, I read an article and I saw her and I was like, shit, we should have finished this in. We could have saw. Her. I'm like, we can, <laughs> we can still fast forward through it. Yeah, we, there's a whole. Because I was like, we're there's a lot wrong we, with that. We, but we stopped. We didn't even get, get to like, but what, there was half an hour no, through. We didn't even make it. There was like two hours in the movie. But that being said, we at, apparently, eventually, at some point in the movie, there is a black female superhero. I don't oh, know what our character is like. In there, okay, yeah. I, I guess we'll just in. fast forward and try to get to that part. But but still, like, how that changes things. Um, in one of the articles I was reading, because they were talking about, you know, Batman and how Batman has basically stood the test of time, but it only makes sense in the – somebody was basically saying it only makes sense in the terms of him being a white man because of the wealth. Well, that goes to the question of is whiteness, like, central to the storyline or the character? But what – uh, what I was gonna finish saying was that how they mentioned the different version of how you, yeah it would if be you said if you changed his name and had his family coming up out of Tijuana and he's living in California San Diego San Diego well they were specific yeah. well they were specific because I, I don't know much about California but I think that is important to the it being that particular right. person sorry I can't remember which article that was in but. Uh, code switch code switch but still just just to change that location mm-hmm. you can still have it a person of color who's still dealing with the same thing because it's like revenge is not just a white person mm-hmm. a, you know emotion or like that's not just one One group of people that 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 do that we're not we're more than well then that goes to the point of making people of the global majority seen as three-dimensional characters and not just a stereotype or a side character oh but stereotypes are so easy well you know when you're doing the basic ass version of the hero's journey and you're like this is the ally and this is but uh to that point don't they have a magical negro that teaches them everything uh, that they need to know so that they can survive no you know what Aww. I want? You know what I want to see? There has I want to be a magical, magical Negro, Negro for magic for other magical Negroes. We're just out here helping like ourselves. Shazam, there was a magical Negro. And yeah, I was like, I was so mad. Why was his chest lighting up like that? And why was so the many, only so many, uh, so many things in he that movie? And I different. was like, I'm kind of disappointed because <laughs> I really wanted to see that movie. That makes me think this idea though too of like, okay, so there was in that Code Switch one they were talking about how 
you know, X-Men says that they are representing all these things, but they dance around the issue, which, you know, when that's, I think that's why one of the reasons why I kind of stopped watching the movies, because I just kind of got sick of the BS and like, you know, it's like, oh, you're talking about, you know, racism and genderism and like, uh, and, uh, sex, homosexuality and things like that. But you, you dance around the thing. Like there's a point where the mother asks the son, can't you just choose not to be mutant? And it's like, why can't there be just a queer, uh, superhero who's also a mutant? Why are you Kate or, uh, casing this or in, in the, the, the context of just being mutant? Like you can't catch all. There is now. Right. Well, the you problem, had to wait for it. The problem was that is that they and they they reference this guy. Uh, what was his name? I wrote it down. Uh, something Snipsky or Neil Shaminsky, who like has written a lot about X Men, I guess, and that gender uh, racism kind of dichotomy and issue. And he says uh, persuasively, uh, he sorry. He says that playing out civil rights related struggles with an all white cast allows the white male audience of the comics to appropriate the struggles of marginalized peoples. While it stated its stated mission is to promote the acceptance of minorities of all kinds, X-Men has not only failed to adequately redress issues of inequality, it actually reinforces inequality because was it that one character? And I remember that scene in the movie where he was like, I don't want to be called mutant. I just want to be called Alex. And it was like, you're, you're missing the point. You're dismissing this whole thing. Cause I think, I don't know if it was code switch or something else where they were saying like black people, you know, uh, rejecting the label of Negro or colored wasn't to like have no identity or separate themselves from being black. They just wanted the power to name themselves in a, in their own context, not by the oppressors. And so I thought that was really important to think about. Cause like, I think, that's one of the reasons why even though I love Aurora and I love a few of the other X-Men that pop up and love different characters the overall story world and how they write it just left me wanting because it was like you're half-assing talking about issues that really and it's almost like a slap in the face when I see a white woman who's a mutant but like living my struggle and trying to like marginalize me and I feel erased by that like I feel like it's kind of like taking away from the from what I really experience, that um, makes sense. Right, it does make sense, and that was in the NPR uh, "Who Gets to Be a Superhero" article that mm-hmm. you were you were quoting from. Uh, but when you said that, it also made me think: those are the, also the things that get spewed back at us when we are fighting for struggles like even now you have people who are like this is like slavery mm. i was like tell me how wearing a mask is like being enslaved because no one said that to my face uh because there is no there's no equivalent like you have n- absolutely no choice no rights no nothing right to now, now if they you just need to you- do something for your health and the health of the people around you now if they whipped you for with a cat of nine tails every day for not wearing your mask, then they, I don't know, cut your lips off is, is going to be take my, your fingers, take your fingers or like steal your mouth, cut off your, your, your manhood and stuff it in your mouth, take your, take your children and sell them to somebody right? else, rape you and beat you and then force you to go into the fields. And because you can't work, rape you and beat you again, you know, then, yeah, then, okay. you know, then that'd be, uh, I, I would, yeah yeah okay since those things are clearly illegal now you know (laughs) depending on who knows you know 
now. Sorry, I was reading something about Instagram. Unless you are uh, locked up in prison, in which case, well, if they catch you, you know those We don't know what, we don't know the extent of the horrors that happen in prison. Um, or in yeah, the world. <laughs> that's true. But those things get spewed back and tossed back at us. So, and it does, it minimizes real truth true struggles for rights and freedoms Mm -hmm. and it just gets tossed into something you know it's like oh well it's like I'm being enslaved I know how you feel because they told me to do something Mm -hmm. or I had to do this and it was just so unfair nobody was listening to me when I and that's that's one of the things too when I think of like the concept of white women tears like I don't have as a woman I don't have the ability to just cry and I mean unless it's my family we don't have the luxury to cry my family and friends will be like hey do you you know are you okay do you but outside of that suck it up what are you crying about you're supposed to be a strong black woman or whatever and like all these other you know I don't have the right or like if I cry you know someone attacks me oh I was asking for it I mean they apply that to most women but like you know that concept of like oh well you know she's a black woman she's a Jezebel the seductress she was out there asking for it she probably looked like a prostitute because most black women are prostitutes that that kind of concept of like or like slutty or like you know that idea anything to dehumanize somebody else Mm -hmm. which leads me to that back to that question of like who can be a hero and who cannot be based on like what society's taught us and in that harvard review thingy the harvard political whatever we'll we'll post this up but like when they were talking about the diversity problem they talked about different groups uh where representation is a struggle um so you know when I think about it, so we talked about LGBTQ, trans, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm burping y'all, Latino, and then like Native American characters or Muslim or any kind of like Asian uh, uh, representation, you either get absolutely none or you get dancing around the subject or they're like, you know, when you think of the Avengers Endgame where you see all the characters, but like you, you kind of like are watching the movie. You're like, oh, is that a person of color in the background? And you're like, wait, wait, it's gone. And it's gone. Or when they bring out everybody pretty much from Wakanda at the end and you're like, wait a second. So once again, all the black people, all the people have to have to save, have to fight to save the world. I mean, granted, you have a bunch of white superheroes, but the 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 army the largest part of the army comes from one country mm-hmm. <laughs> through a portal. And I was like, so where, where are, are the rest fi- of the world's we forces? We are fighting in the, what's it called? The, what's it called of Africa? The cup of life or the, the cradle of life. We, everything returns to the cradle of life, Kristen. That's why. I'm just saying, I watched another video and they kind of pointed that out. It was like, so every army in the world is so ineffective. They have no weapons that only one, we had the one most, army. We had the most open space from Wakanda. Obviously, we don't have. We have to huts. come in <laughs> to fight alongside of the Avengers and the rest of the superheroes that popped out of nowhere in different times. Yes, yeah. that Doctor Strange brought, and it was like, yeah. Well, um, that. But then it, this. Okay, so to that point of like, where is the representation? Because in terms of like Asian culture, when I think of. Uh, a lot of things growing up, there was a lot of stereotypes or going back to when we were talking about Ra's and it's like, 
you have these Asian influences, but no real Asian characters are centered. You have people like Katana, but like they're not really explored or like their background characters or Snake Eyes, like we were talking about. Even though I think there's a new Snake Eyes movie. There is a new Snake Eyes movie. But how long since G.I. Joe started and now we get a Snake Eyes movie? I feel like there was a G.I. Joe movie like 20 years ago or 15 years ago. If there was, I don't remember. I don't remember. Time is does make no sense no more to me. Uh, but the other idea, too, is Latino. Like, over only within the last, I want to say, decade or two, have I started to see, like, a slight rise. Because there was uh, Miss America, which I think her name was Amanda yeah, Chavez. Yeah, there was uh, Melissa Chavez. Amer- uh, it was America Chavez, I think. Right. But, you know, mo- again, to this point, though, most of the representation you're seeing is either in, if it does exist, whether Asian, Latino, queer, um, Native American have been in the graphic novel comic book realm and it very rarely jumps to uh, moving pictures is what I'm going to say because TV, you do have a little bit more options that are out there now. Like I think there's Cloak and Dagger, which I have a problem with that because it seems like this. I won't get into that right now. I saw I saw the tra- uh, trailer for that and when I was reading one of the articles and I was like, it fits the same type stereotypical narrative. Yeah, that I, you find. And then you have so, but you have like Batwoman and you have who's now a black character. You have um, shoot, I'm like blanking. Black Lightning. You've got uh, Watchmen. They had uh, uh, Sister Knight. And I remember also being younger, I think I was a teenager when I found out about Misty Knight. And she was like this badass cop who I think worked with, was it bad? No, Luke Cage for a little while. And she was a police officer. She lost her arm. So she gets like this bionic arm. Okay. And so when I was getting into like feeling my, my black side and like understanding and, and like getting more comfortable in it and going natural, she was one of those like, uh, if I had a vision board or my online vision board, she was a part of it. Okay. And I think about growing up, going to our earlier discussion of like what influenced us is I didn't really get to see myself because we didn't have that many representations. We had Aurora and like a few others. So, and then we had Spawn or like Meteor Man. But again, there was this idea that even though there are these black superheroes that existed, they were still dealing with racist police officers and people and like, gender uh bigot bigoted people and like uh misogynistic people and i so i saw myself more as an anti-hero and i and it made me wonder i was thinking about this today i was like i wonder how many children of the global majority sat there and was like well i'm not represented as what is seen as what is a superhero so maybe my only role is to be the anti-hero and so i see my people of our generation and a little bit younger creating these independent graphic novels and characters and comics of these superheroes but like it shows the fact that we're human and you know we're learning and we're flawed and like i see my representation but i also it's i see i feel closer to the concept of the anti-hero as opposed to this like perfect fake hero that exists that has been shown to me as like white cisgender men and like that's a cracked facade and it's not real you know what i mean like that is not should not be my standard of what a hero means because a hero can be flawed well they would have to be since they're human well not (laughs) all of them are human 
Well, yeah, not all of them. Most of them are human. But Some, that very but few they even, are demigods. But they even like then that, have still, their own flaws and things. Yeah, that, they're you know. still. I think that's something that's cool now, seeing that of like more of even though they're heroes, there are characters that are written with flaw character flaws and like exploring that like concept of being seen as a hero, but also like not quite accepting that role or not quite, you know, having to deal with all this other bullshit that people was it we were watching or I was watching an episode of um, Falcon and Winter Winter Soldier Soldier. where Sam and Bucky are walking down the street having an argument and the cops roll up and they're they start hassling Sam and he's like do you know who the hell I am blah 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 blah. and they were about to arrest him and throw him into the car or shoot him because they pulled they went to go for their guns and then Bucky's like do you know who this is and then he's like, this is the Falcon. And it took the affirmation of a white man for them it's to really realize. Weird. And even then, it's like, because he was famous, he was, quote unquote, safe. And, and that almost didn't happen because he was he was about to probably get arrested or lit up by the police mm-hmm. if Bucky hadn't have been there. It it did. It would not have mattered at all. Had that, how, so- how famous he was until after the fact. And then they would have gone through and pulled out whatever he did wrong when he was in second grade because you know there had to be some reason why he got what he deserved or not even like pulling up the fact they don't even have to go back into the time to find something it's just the how they present people because i was watching some youtube thing i had saved and and it wasn't even about superheroes but that concept of how in media how they represent oh i think i was it was after i was watching the tulsa rising uh doc on Hulu, but this concept of you have this idea of how they represented black people in the media and where that kind of came from of like we all had this like for a long time he was black and he was a thug and like they show always these pictures of of them or us the worst like, picture they the worst picture they can find. find and they list the you know like they, the terms that they used to describe them as opposed to like you have a mass serial killer or like a, a a murderer go through who's white and they're like he's a misunderstood young man who you know was a bright pinnacle of his community but this and this and this happened like excuse me oh well, just to piggyback off of what you said a real live current example that i heard about today on the damage report that i saw mm-hmm. where a man uh because of being indoctrinated by QAnon, he murdered his two children Hell no. Yes. Uh, white man murdered his two children. And how did how did the normal mass media cover it? They basically posted a photo of, I guess, him on vacation or something, having like a good time talking about, you know, can you, you know, about this person. And I was like, why are we trying to humanize someone who's done at this such point. A, an inhuman thing mm. who's who said if i remember and i have a paraphrase paraphrase that he knew what he was doing was wrong but it had to be done because his children had inherited his wife's serpent dna what was his wife and, and he did not want them to turn into monsters i don't know what his wife like was other than a human her? well maybe but did, she, did he think she was a lizard person i have no idea what this person what this man thought but that <laughs> was that was the reason why he killed his children and one of them was a 10 was 10 months old 
And I'm not going to go into how he did it because that's just horrible. But the fact that he gets to have this thing where people want to see him as a human being, Mm -hmm. but yet you have someone who was innocent and, I don't know, was walking home in his own neighborhood and he shot and killed. Or a child who is playing with a toy outside Mm -hmm. and the police just roll up on him and then just shoot him. A nope. guy driving home with his kids, a woman driving who's lost, who got into a car accident. And oh, needed you know, help. A woman was, in her own house who, get, you know, none of these things. None of these things. And yet they deserved it if they had only complied. If they had, if they should have, all of these, all of these excuses other mm-hmm. than the real problem is the fact that there are people who are not being held accountable when they do wrong and people who do wrong they're getting a free pass because of the color of their skin like it or not that is how it actually that that is the way it goes unfortunately it's when i just this is why i'm speechless that's the word i'm looking for i'm speechless when it comes sometimes to the audacity and power of of that's been creative of whiteness like to be able to we joke about this all the time, like, oh, to be white and be able to, like, not that I want to be white, but to have the privilege to just, like... It's the privilege of being, roll to roll through the street and just do whatever the hell I want. And, and or, like, to take someone's idea or, like, step in and, and do something and then be seen as the hero because I'm the white savior. Or the fact that, like, I have to be featured in every film or book or concept by a person of color to be accepted because you need us to get you to where you need to be or to make you this pinnacle of, you know, what a human, a good human should be. If you want to sell that book, if you want to sell that script for a movie, if you want to get your TV show, get that pilot for that TV show, this is how you have to have. You have to, or you at least have to have one white character in the show. (laughs) And it's, it's amazing or not even amazing too the detail or the minute things that they've changed. Cause one of the things I saw when we were reading or during the research sorry y'all was talking about the going back to this white savior complex of like even for the falcon in the comic books his wings are made by t'challa or by 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 someone in wakanda basically black panther unit yeah uh that's what i'm calling black panther unit and (laughs) there's a difference in the symbolism of what that means because it's not when you have in the movies where Sam or the Falcon's wings are made by the the U.S. government, which is a white centered like authority figure. So it's almost like this impersonal connection to you need, you're not really a superhero without the help of this white machinery. And even with um, Iron Man and uh, what's his name? Uh, Don Cheadle's character. Uh, Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Maybe it is Rodney. I don't 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 know. Something with it. But again, he is helping people and he even saves Iron Man's life. But of course, it's because he has the help of a white man creating these things for him. And when you think about like I was also seeing one of the things I didn't read the full article, but it was posting basically the timeline of how comics and graphic novels are representations of like sociopolitical climates. And one of the things was like currently with, you know, trying to be in the times with like Trump and white supremacists and things like that. You yeah. have that um, was the comic book debate article. Right. Uh, you have this concept of 
you have this concept of super or was it Superman, I think, or Captain America? It's both Captain of them. I think it was both of them. There was an right. image of both of them. And they're basically protecting either immigrants or people of the global majority against uh, white supremacists in one, in one of the scenes. And I forgot what the other one. Yeah, there was one bomb. where, uh, Cap, uh, sorry, where Superman actually gives up his citizenship. And I was like, I didn't know he did that because he was like, I don't want to have to be my actions are only construed as being because of the United States or being beholden to right. the, beha- the United the States. American I way. Wanna, right. Which goes to that whole con. Well, not to deviate too far where I was trying to go, but he, you know, that idea of Superman for the longest time when comics and graphic novels and even TV shows came out, he was the, ex- he was seen as the American way, like the defender and the protector of the, before the, even, or the outside high of, American ideal. Right. So to what I was going to say before was that you have what kind of irked me again, while I know that like, it's great that they're protecting them and they should, and it, it, and it reinforces that we're all like worthy. I was like, here you go again, a white savior saving it when you have all these other characters around i think her name was riri walker or which she's like iron heart so it's an iron man extension or you've got where was miss marvel or captain marvel any of the versions of color of them like i guess i was just in my head and maybe i'm just so cynical now and like jaded i was just like here again granted yes he's saving minorities but like white savior but i also think um it's important to know kind of the history behind where superman came from because i think that oh no i just meant in the with with now currently it still exists (laughs) yeah because looking from where superman started and i don't know how many people actually know this because i know i didn't yeah but i didn't i didn't well, aside from the fact that he's also an immigrant who entered illegally, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so an illegal Captain immigrant. Right. Uh, in okay. 1938, when Superman first got was created or he was born, mm-hmm. he was the creation of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who were children of Jewish immigrants. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a huge that was a huge thing, is because here is Superman who is fighting to protect people who were an immigrant himself who was powerful and who is up there protecting people from the negatives and, you know, from and fighting Hitler and, and, and all of these things, Mm. that's where he starts off, you know? And of course, now that we've come to 2021 from 1938, there could have been a lots of changes that have gone on along the way. And I think there were, I really don't read the Superman comics. Yeah. Um, but just to just to see that, like I had no idea that that's how he started off. But amazing how we erase people talk parts about of history. Yeah, but people talk about Superman and all of these things, and he's got you know huge fandom built up. Mm. But yeah, people forget that he was also an illegal immigrant. <laughs> There's a lot of things we. He, well, he also fought against the KKK, like Captain America. Yeah, they fought against the KKK. They it's, fought against Hitler. They 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 did talk about these things. That kind of makes me think of the idea too of like what we're willing to let slide, depending on who's doing it. Because and also just like the progression of what is an ethnicity versus a race. Because you know when you think of American history with Irish people being seen as the other and Italians and now they're considered Caucasian and they have now, you know, white, they're now no longer considered a minority or a race. And you have Superman who was 
I mean, I'm assuming they also made him Jewish in the beginning, and now he is. I don't know if he was Jewish. He may have not been. He may, but like created by Jewish by Jewish uh, creators, you know. Uh, And then you have him here now. Like you would never know that that he that was his background or like any of that. It's all erased or washed away at a point. Right. Well, now flash forward, and they're battling currently battling against white supremacy, and the post-Trump America. that you mentioned in the importance of heroes in a broken society from comic de- comicbookdebate.com. And there was a, um, a, a strip that they show where Captain America is talking about that very thing about how he is the descendant of Irish immigrants because the person is like, we don't want immigrants here. They're filth- they're ruining the country basically. And he was like, I'm the descendant of Irish immigrants that were, you know, that were considered the exact same thing. And it's amazing how these arguments keep popping back up again. You can go all the way back to 1938 and see the same things popping up again and again and again in 2021. And I almost feel kind of irritated that people can't be any more creative, but they just go back to the same. It's the same thought of just like, we've been struggling. Multiple groups of the global majority have been struggling for these very same issues 100 years later 200 years later 300 years later you know when you think of when the red summer was that's like 100 years ago and and when you think of the the 1960s and the civil rights movement and that was what 40 years 40 plus years ago we're still and you see documentation you see people talking and writing about this and it's the same fucking issues over and over that we're still dealing with it. so of course they're not going to be creative and new because we're still dealing with the same damn problems <laughs> right but perhaps having people of the global majority in the roles mm. to reflect that um organically yes will be more helpful versus kind of whitewashing oh for sure there whitewashing was- it like it has been done just like you know with uh x-men Instead of just putting like all white people having fighting against this issue, putting in the people who are really truly marginalized and are f- impacted by these things and the different ways that they're impacted, because not everyone's impacted the same way. There may be similarities, but they're not exactly the same. Exactly, and that's that's the idea of the divert. When we ask for like, you could be more creative, or where is the create the diver- Where is the the newness to things? The amount of diversity of just taking a character and putting it through the lens of a different culture each and every time. Like, the idea now that there is Kamala Khan, who is going to be, I think, uh, Captain Marvel, and she's Pakistani, she's Pakistani. And the whole context of growing up like that and what that means and how does that change the perspective of the character or having, uh, going back to America Chavez, who's this queer Latina raised by two moms who has a part, the ability to trans, uh, you know, jump t- from different dimensions. You know, the lens that comes through it, or Miles Morales, who was the black Afro-Latino for Spider-Man. We're having... I like that movie. It was a good one. Yeah, I watched that too. But there's there's little things that are, like, popping up now. And even just thinking about things that I've watched on the fringes, like... Back in the early 2000s, I ran across this British show that was called Misfits. And it was, and I really liked it because you had these kids who were basically anti-heroes. They're out there doing community service because they're quote unquote by society F-ups of different kinds. 
and they get struck with powers and it's like hijinks and I don't want to say just hijinks ensue. There are hijinks that ensue, but it's also very serious because it talks about how do you exist in a world that already thinks ill of you and that you're worthless and you have these powers. So now you're, you're not only dangerous in a certain way, but now there's people out to suppress that and get rid of you and people that don't understand you. And that's like that comic that I still haven't gotten, but I want to, I think when I, you sent me about it or when you resent me something about it, it was like still in Kickstarter mo- mode, but black where it's like, what do you do in a world where the only people who have superpowers are black people? Yes. You I, know? I want to still want to uh, get that one myself, but that's a crazy concept to be like, it is. And that they're being hunted before that reason. Right. Like, and, and I, you know, while X-Men did a terrible job with that, but the idea of being mutants and being segregated and being hunted because we're different. And I'm reading actually uh underground railroad by Colson whitehead and it's like a sci-fi version about the underground railroad yeah. road uh shoot sorry i just lost my train of thought what was i talking about right before underground railroad by colson before whitehead. that um you were talking about how quiz time oh god anyway yeah. we should read the book but whatever i was just talking about beforehand read the book it links with that uh, there is two things that I also wanted to talk about that I think also are important in the idea of representation, at least with who we are and what we talk about is female representation too. Yes. Because it's been slow. It, it's been there, but it's been slow and it's even slower for women of color. It is. But at the same time now, I would say within the last decade or two, there's this whole independent movement like comics and graphic novels are ruled by women of color like there are so so many different versions and universes and and storylines out there not even just dc marvel and all that those are just the most popular ones those are just but like that exist out there with great story or they even adapt characters from those more popular uh, franchises and create these whole storylines for them that get picked up by these major because you know they gain a cult following so like they exist all these stories that we want you know they're kind of leaking into tv now sort of in certain spaces and like certain things are picking them up excuse me but like movies you have storm who's existed for since 1975 and she ain't got one damn thing to her name she hasn't had a movie or a tv show yet nope wolverine got what three i think he's got he's got three two one of them was it one of them was really bad. I think no, maybe two of them. No, one of them was really bad. Yeah, this, the, the last one was good. good. The last one was good, and the one before that was not all right. to divert though. But there, I'll post it with our resources. I because I hadn't fully finished it, but it's this. There's a article called "Comic" is about comic book futures, black and female, and it talks about like a bunch of the uh, newer things that are out there, underground things, because. A lot of the things also that I found out about now is because of Instagram. While I hate Instagram to a certain point, and a lot of the artists I follow are starting to like hate or they have been hating Instagram and want to move away from it until they can find a platform. But that's where I've been finding these creators making all these different Native American, Black, Latino, queer, Asian. That would be interesting to read. Yeah, there's so many out there. It's kind of overwhelming to a point and I'm just like so hey knock on wood to TV execs and movie execs when we're out here begging and you're like well we don't have any new stories so we're just going to revamp bitch did you did you turn on the internet 
did you did you Google search at all? Because I I did well, a the lot question of Google is, search. Do they but do they but do they want that audience? Do well, they want to? If you want to make money, there there are stories that you can find. They, exactly, and that's the other thing is like they you know you have them out here saying we want to make these movies that you're demanding because you know people nowadays are like we're demanding more representation like going back to what you said earlier because black panther did so well people want that that's kind of why they're tiptoeing around it with winter soldier and uh, falcon and winter soldier but then they pussyfoot around it and they're like oh well we haven't been able to find anything that's really a value and you have people who are like hey here is something we will support you please create this it goes back to that same argument that they used to cast scarlett johansson in ghost in the shell where they were like we need more of an audience to pull her in and i was like but ghost in the shell already has an audience Mm -hmm. and if you were gonna make a movie based off of that anime or that or manga or light novel i'm not sure if it's a light novel or not um there's already an established fan base for mm-hmm. that. All you have to do is make a good movie and your the fan base will support it and they will tell everybody about how good it is. It's like but the, they yeah. but instead of doing that, they just wanted to rely on the name of Scarlett Johansson and now it's synonymous for the movie being bad. Yes, and being whitewashed. <laughs> and it's so going to this idea of like race bending, it's so easy them to be like let's make everybody white but the minute like you and the thing is to to this point you have all these people we think of cosplaying and people who do fan fiction and all these independent creators they are able to create these amazing storylines and not lose sight of like the core concept of any of these characters or the new characters they create or the idea of the hero's journey they have created it and mixed and crossed over different characters and different races and remixing things and it works it just needs people to pick it up and and also people to search and go find it um and that for one of the things i want to post too is this thing that i found where it's like different women of color like i found quite a few that i'm like where it's like they should make a tv show or a movie for these women and i'm like yes but they're also women that i never like there's one that skyrocket that basically looks like the love like if Gambit was a black woman. Oh, that'd be interesting. But I think her powers are different, but she dresses like, like Rogue G- and Gambit, Gambit had a baby okay. and became a black woman or a black uh, uh, black femme or I haven't found out more, but all these different like characters. Like Rogue and Gambit adopted a child? But yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, you know, the way Gambit was acted in those cartoons. Well, he you might know. have. Well, <laughs> it's not like they could have got too close together, but. That's true. They could not. It also remind what you were saying reminded me of something that I read and I can't remember which article it was in, but they were talking about Spawn and mm-hmm. how the author for Spawn, when he first wrote it, people had no idea that he was talking about a black character yeah, because of the way he wrote it until later on it when was he discovered. Lo- yeah, well, he he well, announced it right. He basically, was like, and yeah. then everybody was like, oh. I didn't know, but by that time, it was already popular. Right? <laughs> so, and so then you got Michael Jai, Jai White. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I thought he was hot when I was a kid. Younger. I wasn't a kid. I think a lot of us did. A young laugh. Like, but, you know, <laughs> but still, you know, whether you like the movie or not, it was still good to see a black, a black man mm. uh, as a superhero, you know, uh, even the anti-hero. Yeah. Um, and I think he was the first 
He was the black. first superhero on on uh, in a movie, right? I think he was the first uh, popular one or like uh, high grossing one because I read some in one of the things I found. I don't know if it was something that you posted or something that I found on the side, but there was like a nineteen. Oh, where's my phone? It was called Akbar. The yeah, I'm not the first. Uh, superhero, but I thought that he no, was he the had first a TV. One to, he, no, he uh, was. A, it was a film. Oh, it was a black exploitation. Here it is. I found it. So it was um, a black exploitation film in 1977 called Abar, the first black Superman. And so there was hmm. have this African American man who gets superpowers. He's fighting crime. That's basically racist white people. And uh, <laughs> but then at the same time. The problem with it is that it's perpetuating stereotypes of black men and women in it. Yes. Because it's a black exploitation film. Not just because of that, but just so that was like the first black superhero movie, but it wasn't the greatest representation. Which actually I just thought about just listening to this rereading this uh description from the Harvard thingy. Uh that makes me there's some other uh graphic novel concept that I found that I took note of. I think it's in the list that I'm going to post where basically uh, this kind of thing, like racist people or misogynists, they turn into True. actual monsters. Oh, so they, these, these characters live in this world where like the evil and hate that people have turned them into actual monsters. I'll have to find it again, but like, that's I was like, interesting. Ooh. That's an interesting, concept. right? So not only is he a racist bigot, but now he's a monster <laughs> like kind of thing. How, how far they have fallen. But there's other things like I think Milestone Media is a really good uh, that I've been finding its name printed on a lot of things of just like a coalition of black creators okay, uh, doing graphic novels and stories like that and comics like that. And then I found something called Image Comics. And then one creator, and I've showed you stuff from him before, that I really love is uh, Marcus Visuals. Yes. Yes. And he, you know, this goes back to remixing and and, and uh, race bending. He's created new versions of the Power Rangers where their people of the global majority are all black, basically, most of the they time. They were so cool looking. Right? And he's done other things, but he's also created other characters or new characters. And I'm like, damn, I would love. And he always talks about, man, like, I want to turn these into things. And I'm like, I would watch that or I would read that. I would, like, there's so many things out there. And I'm just like, please. Some company cr- help these people create it, so we have Speak- access to it. Speaking of the Power Rangers, it occurs to me that we we used to we at least watched the first season or two or, mm-hmm. of we the Power were in Rangers. The early years, yeah, when they had the original uh, at least English uh, uh, English speaking cast mm-hmm. on there, but I was excited to see Zach and Trini. Yes. And at the time, I did not think of it. Yellow and Black Ranger? Yes. Mm -hmm. But they were the Black and the Yellow Ranger. It was like, (laughs) the Black guy is the Black Ranger. And I was like, that's interesting. Right? I feel like as a kid, something like clicked in your head, but you didn't quite understand. You were like, like, hmm. Okay. The Black guy (laughs) is the Black Ranger, and the Asian woman is the Yellow Ranger. I feel like at one point, I was like, well, the Pink Ranger is a pink woman, because she's like white people, white people turn red and pink. So I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. And like, there was the white ranger and he was white and i was just like i guess the other colors yeah. are just fillers <laughs> well well tommy became the white ranger after he was the green ranger right so he right, went, right he went from one color to the other you know but those... still it was just like uh... yeah <laughs> the 
before we totally end up, because this is a really po- important point that I, I thought was interesting and I kind of got tangented it, was like the idea of female characters again. Like, yes. when you think of the transition of like even females being in the in these stories, they're like the love interests um, of like these the superheroes. And then when they do start to become like when you think of Wonder Woman, I still think, you know, sometimes I remember being this kid. I'm like, how is she not, you know, she's wearing like a unitard. Yeah, like, I was she like, ain't got no protect, right? protect her. She's running around wearing heels. And when I, and exactly, I was like, that does That's not seem not practical. Functional. Yeah, yeah, it's not practical. And I've, and I usually see that a lot. I think that's the the biggest thing that I still don't like about mm. the portrayal of many um, They're over female heroes. The yes. Fatale. Like we're still crossing out of the concept of the femme fatale being the only way a woman can be represented as a hero. Right. And I was like, yeah, okay. So she wants to be good. She wants to look good in her costume. Okay. That, that makes but sense. But make it functional. Right. It should be functional. No woman that I know of will fight wearing heels because you could fall, trip, break your ankle. Right. And then where would you be on the ground? I have to say Storms was the only functional looking shoes because she had yes. like the low heels but they were like the chunky ones so like she had proper ankle support and she had a full body suit True. which i was like ooh, that would be a pantsuit that i wear but also this made me think of uh shit what was it uh video games because i used to play video games a lot in high school and college and one of my favorites was soul caliber okay. um in college and one of the characters i can't remember her name but she had like a giant like metal cutting hoop that she would use to kill people but her like her and other characters they were always like these big boobied women and like nothing that would actually hold or cover anything and I was like that is not functional one of the problems I always had was like that is not functional like she just got hit with a sword nothing is covering her she should have a giant gash in her body while this almost said something else while this person over here this man over here has like a full body armor suit like is it that women are just because we can give birth and stuff and we're like we don't feel pain and so that's why we're scantily clad because our skin is like i saw i found a video that illustrates that point very well and i will post it because it was hilarious with a woman who was basically saying the same thing when a man was designing her outfit for her mm-hmm. <laughs> about, but you, you see that so often. And it's like, instead of the woman being taken seriously as the character or hero that she is, she's like eye candy. Yeah. I like the way, uh, I think it was the Harvard one where they said the fighting fuck toy was yeah. how they used to describe her. And I was like, as soon as I heard that title, yeah. I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what mm-hmm. it is. That's a, a that's a very apt description for sure. Right? Because I've seen in video games and movies highly sexual ways to murder somebody. And I was like, not my first step if I was trying to murder someone, you know, it's, you know, in a fight or whatever. But I guess that's an option. It's like that seems not to be the most rational with your titties. That's not the <laughs> that's mo- not the most logical option. Yeah. It, it's just we're physically I'm like power. there are more logical options to go through right. than or, suffocation via breast breast or thighs or the fact that we had to like I understand using your power to like trick you know the dumb male into doing it because they can't think you know outside of that concept but at the same time it's like we can only you know save the world if we're like using our sexuality and our guile and deception as a as a form of a superpower 
and our thighs. <laughs> I don't know how reasonable that is to expect that to happen all the time. I'm just saying, I don't. I don't know. I don't think if that that probably would happen as often as right. they make it out to you. I'm just saying. And I'm that, just saying. Because what happens if the guy is into his partner and mm. is, like, not looking for anything else? You know? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, like... <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> I always think about, like, if I ever I saw if movie or video games were and, like, stuff where they have these, these terrible outfits or comic books even, and I'm, like... In the real world, when you're fighting, if this was like a real world thing and I saw this happening, you know there would be nip slips everywhere. Oh, for sure. And and crowning and all this other stuff. And she's like, uh, did you want me, do you want me to get you a shirt and t-shirt so you can finish this battle? Like, I know. I'm like, <laughs> you got to have support, proper support. Because yeah. you don't want your, you especially if you have huge boobs, you don't want one flying and hitting you in the face. Right. And knocking you out. Well, if you're like a superhero where like your boob pops off like in Tuka and Birdie and just like <laughs> flies across the room and attacks somebody, then I guess okay. Or, like, your vagina <laughs> pops off and, like, smother, eat somebody. Like, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess that wow. would be okay. That That's, would be uh, something I don't want to see. But this is, this is, this is where it's <laughs> but, leading me to think. Okay. But also the idea, too, of, like, how females are represented and, like, the, the depth of our character is lost because all we are, are like boobies and a vagina that kicks ass occasionally so we're cool now you gotta have a big rump though too oh yeah sorry you can you also smother with your butt or as my friend in our D D game did he had a booty clamp that caused it uh earthquakes <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah he was a wow. bard <laughs> well magical bard on that note <laughs> that sounds uh like magic for sure <laughs> D&D everyone where you can be whatever you want to be now that they're not as racist mm. <laughs> that was joking. like and that's like the that's There's the minor some... the lesser title is right there yeah. now that they're not a, now that <laughs> dot, they're not dot, so dot. Racist. in parentheses dot 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 uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add to the, the superhero storyline because I could divert and tangent and fly over there and get a superpower to jump back in time and start over again no I think even though it has been a struggle and it has come slow mm. that there are strides being continuously made to uh, globalize the mm -hmm. genre or at least have the genre reflect the amount of people that are in it. It would be great to have a lot of these animated because I'm one of those people who prefer like the animated mm. series because but I, I would like to see some, you yeah. know, my favorite actors and act or not even ones that are my favorite unknowns, you know. True. And I think it also gives the ability for people who most likely would not have gotten a shot mm -hmm. to possibly get one. But it also always depends on who's in the room where these things happen, because if the room is full of white people making these decisions, their decisions could be different from the ones that other people would make. Uh, right. Case in point, what um that uh musical that came out before what was it called in the heights mm, um yes. and all of the um were light skinned latinos right that happened with that and i'm not saying that the people who were in those roles were not any good i never i haven't seen it mm -hmm. from what i've heard they did a great job right 
but also it's like well who's also in the room where it happens because who's in the room that's saying that you this person looks more latino Mm -hmm. than this other person here even though they're both latino and just from seeing the previews i was like i know that there are some dark-skinned latinos Mm -hmm. there's quite a few but you i've never seen them reflected in the movies and TV shows for the most part that mm-hmm. have come out of many uh, Spanish speaking countries mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, you know, or even Brazil. Like when I was there, mm-hmm. it was huge to have a dark skinned black, uh, black Brazilian female who was the lead character in a telenovela. Uh, and she was the love interest of, uh, of a white man. I didn't know until later that that was such a huge thing. It was a popular, it was a popular story for people because people would be tuning in. And while I was walking through the street, that thing of you could hear the song like for the show and every house on the street uh, while you're walking because, you know, it was on and people were inside watching how huge that was. And I was like, but Brazil has the largest number of black folks outside of Africa. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) But that and that was back in what 2004 2005 mm-hmm. somewhere in there so so yeah it's just there are so many things that it's been slow in coming but at least it's i'm hoping that it continues to change for the better right i just feel like i there's like a little bit of an impatience for me now too because it's like i know all this stuff exists and so to see like movies redoing shit or making the 17th sequel of a movie and like i I, like i love spider-man to an extent but i want to see a different character how many times they go remake it right i don't care if it's honestly at this point i don't care if it's another person of color queer like i want a different totally different character like a whole new character surprise me bitch like (laughs) Really? Like, that's what I want in this world. And it's funny, I'll, I'll post it sometime next week before we do uh, Raising Dion, but there was um, this, it's called geekrap.com, and they had a superheroes of color, like, infographic, and one that I thought was kind of funny, there's a few, but one that I thought was kind of funny, it was, like, where superheroes started in their ethnicity and race and kind of, like... It went comic book portrayal, most recent screen portrayal, and then most wanted race, ethnicity, and change that people wanted to see her. So, like, for example, Ant-Man is Caucasian in the comic book, Caucasian on screen, and then people wanted it to be a multiracial character. Okay. And then you had, like, uh, what's a good one that had some crazy ones? Was it Black Panther? They wanted to be African-American, well, African-American in the book excuse me, African-American on screen. And then they, the next step was like multiracial and the next demanded one was multiracial, which kind of makes sense, I guess. Or if you, cause I don't know, I guess if you had like a random Asian black Panther, that was weird. But if they were a Blasian black Panther, that would that, make more yeah, sense. That would work. You know, so the, yeah. yeah, multiracial. And then Dr. Strange is Caucasian, Caucasian, Asian American is the next step or the most requested. Hmm. And then, uh, what was another one? So Green Arrow has been Caucasian, book and film, and they were like Hispanic, and then uh, he's also been black too. Yeah, but not. I guess not as. I think the most recent they were just going by the most recent representation. Oh, okay. Um, because then they have Green Lantern, 
the most recent was Caucasian African American yeah. in the the books, but then on screen and movies it's been Caucasian. And they mm-hmm. said the next one or the most rated, wanted one is Asian American for that one. Hmm. But it was just interesting. interesting to see. Like I guess they they pulled a, a panel okay. of different things or not panel up a poll, and this is you know what people kind of want to see next. And so like. I was like, huh, some of them I could, I could see it or not that I couldn't see them, but I was like, huh, that's an interesting. I wonder why, you know, for the flash, they wanted to be uh, Asian American next, as opposed to Latino, you know, but then for another one, like the Falcon, the next step is Hispanic as opposed to being like Asian, you know, what is the the thought process? I thought that'd be interesting to look at, but um, I'll post that a little bit later. Interesting. Huh. Who knows? But yeah. I'm sure you could put a character, you could create a character for any mm-hmm. group or background and just make the story a good story, right? a, a believable story. If the story is good, if the concept and the world building and your rules are good, you can race Ben to your heart's content because uh, we can see yeah. aliens like thinking of Star Wars and Star Trek. You could see aliens and shit, but you can't see black people and brown people out in space. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, you can see... You know they don't go to space. I would go to space. There's Even though Mae Jemison has gone to space. Who? Yeah. We, we go to space. We go to space. Uh, but that's that, that idea again of like, you can see us. You can't see us. You can see everybody else, but people of the global majority being there with you. Or representing these things. Why? Why is it easier for you to ha- accept an alien than it is to accept but another human being whose skin color and is slightly different. Is different than yours which is just a a, a term that we ch- that changes over time who knows in a thousand years you know because people are interlocking in their, their genital parts together and creating babies different ways we may have a whole new idea and concept of like race and ethnicity you know it's changed before like, yes it has it's a social construct yeah so I'm interested to see more. There's so many things out there and I'm just like impatient. I just want to be like, can you please make this so I can digest it? I know there's, cause I, you can't just tease me with concepts and be like, I wish I could make this. Here's this concept I have. And here's like a picture. And then that's all you get because society sucks and doesn't want to, you know, like, well, supposedly you said you found like lots of resources on Instagram. So it's already been done. That's what I'm saying is like, you have all these things of teasing, but there's no actual creation really, or they can't really, they don't have the funding or the ways. And it's not, it's, I have to dig really hard to find something. Whereas I could just stream, uh, illegally stream something and be, you know, I don't know, Superman everywhere. He is everywhere. Batman is everywhere. Yeah. As you said so succinctly before, surprise me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about later this month? Later this month, we are going to be discussing the Netflix series Raising Dion. <sighs> that child annoys the fuck out. Yes. But it's awesome. About cute. a young child <laughs> with superpowers. Yes. I cannot be imagined being a parent of a child who has superpowers, and I don't. Because that got to be stressful enough as it is. Well, we'll talk about it yes. in our next episode. So this has been a very super month, I guess. That's right. And also, you know what? Everyone's got a superhero. And sometimes their superhero is a person that you know in real life. Yeah. Oh, you know what I was thinking about? There's also no disabled uh, superheroes. 
You never know. I mean, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Daredevil, because he's supposed to be blind, but mm-hmm. he's always portrayed by people who are white. Yes. As well as actually seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> in, in real life, <laughs> in movies and shows. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he is. But, like, you know, I'd love to see a... But I'm sure there are people who could create Oh, there's a probably superhero. stories out there. Yeah, of That's course. That's the thing. I'm, they're out there. Mother effers, they are out there. So if you have the money and you say you want to make change, you better start investing in these so I can watch them. Please and thank you. Until next time. Put these crayons back in the box. Look for us on all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Music by Moon Apple XX. You can find them on Instagram as well as are done by Moon.